I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And maybe one thing that um, we would like to also highlight is that sometimes you don't have to have 100% the plan ready before you go. So it's um, you just need to know what your first step is. And from your first step, just start doing and the second step will come. And you might not even know yet what exactly that step will be. But you might be surprised where the journey really takes you. As well as once you are really taking the leap and, and um, giving yourself actually this gift of time and the gift of exploring yourself and what you would like to do, you will be yeah, you, you will be surprised how creative and motivated you can get to really continue that journey. How you day, how you day. Hope you all are doing well. It's almost the end of the year and I hope that means that you're ready for the decade. And I don't want you to just start planning for the decade when 2020 hits. I want you to start planning for the new decade right now. You know, your path to greatness starts today. It shouldn't be postponed. Never postpone a priority. Make a priority what it should be just that a priority okay don't make it an option make it a priority and today's guests exemplify that they were in their cushy jobs and they were doing things that they thought they were supposed to do society thought they were supposed to do before they mutually decided that they needed to go tour the world as nomads they are free spirits who are on a mission to see the world explore the world but also teach people about what the world has to offer And to do that, they needed to step outside of themselves, outside of their comfort zones, and they took that leap last year. And it's been an interesting journey for them. The reason why I enjoy these types of interviews is because it reminds us that normal should be defined by us. We can continuously create the new normal. It shouldn't be what is said by society or what's said by other people. So as you listen to this story, think about what you're going to make your new normal today and in the coming decade. All right. Love you all. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guests are Anastasia Smoltz and Tomar Aros. Now, they are 29-year-olds from Amsterdam. I am 30, so we are very close in age. I just turned 30, so this is going to be a very millennial-based podcast. And exactly a year ago, they took a leap and left everything behind to travel the world without any plans for the future. Now, one year later... They've traveled to 18 countries and counting. It's probably even more now. And they've done a lot of soul searching and they've radically changed their outlook on life. Back in Amsterdam, they seemingly had everything to, to be happy. You know, the, the cum laude degree, careers in IT and health and tech, apartments in the heart of the city, great friends, even a boat to cruise the Amsterdam canals during the warm days. Wow. Yeah. But with the time, with, with time, they found that. Their lives were unfulfilled, and in their jobs and in their everyday life, they wanted more. And that's when they decided to travel long-term, and they financed their trip with passive income that they received from renting out their apartments. We're going to be talking a lot about fulfillment, especially with the millennial generation, and how to work on lifestyle and money. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, the, the pleasure is mine. And, and just for everyone listening, they are in Mexico right now, right? What city in Mexico? In, uh, Playa del Carmen at this moment. Okay. And then uh, they're on their way to Medellin. But it's, it, they, they've found some time to be able to uh, talk to you all. So I'm very excited. But, you know, I read your bio and I was really fascinated with it, especially because you highlighted that seemingly on the outside, there are things that you had, you both had that would be described as successful. But can you kind of tell me what really happened 
from you know uh, your your youth to really get you to that point, and then describe the turning points. Because I imagine you know youth, you probably thought I need to do this because I'm supposed to do this. And then I'm also curious about what was the changing and turning point in your in your life where you realized that maybe what you thought you wanted isn't what you actually wanted. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we have been going through um, quite regular paths, and probably a lot of millennials will um, um, could relate to that. So actually, when you're starting out, you're going to school, you finish school, you go to college, you kind of think about what you want to do with your career. It seems like you're following really a path um, like that is quite determined, and um, you know what the next step will be and what the next step will be after that. So we have been following that path and everything was actually going very smoothly until we um, also started our first like big career. We landed our first good jobs and um, had, as you said, a good income, a good life. So nothing to complain about, actually, until we were a couple of years into the jobs. And then, you know, things get like routine and um, you do every day the same thing day in, day out. And you start a bit wondering where your time is going. So, you know, from you start on Monday, suddenly it's weekends, then you again start the same routine and it's just, um, yeah, the same old thing. And um, at some point we started wondering actually, so really slowly, what it is that we're really doing. So if your days look kind of the same and you don't have really much to complain about, but actually all you do is work, um, we started thinking if we're really spending our time on the things that we enjoy doing. And we have been um, for a while already, actually before starting our jobs, thinking about traveling for a long time. Like we always dreamt about taking one year off. Um, but we felt that there was never the right moment because, um, you know, you're working and from um, one project you go to the next and then you get your promotion and you start a new thing and there never seems to be the right timing. Um, so at some point, especially me, um, I was running into some trouble of work-life balance. So I really felt like all I'm doing was working. And although I was enjoying what I was doing, I felt increasingly overwhelmed and feeling that all I do really is working. And I think, yeah, it's, it's really important also to bring up the topic of millennials burning out and, you know, being a little bit um, overwhelmed and, and, and by the success that they actually have and, and that they aim to have. So, yeah, we ran, we ran into that and we thought we have to change something and it seemed like a good moment to go traveling because we just felt that there would not, otherwise there would not be a time that we could really do it. So with, um, yeah, the burnout it was really a, a, a turning point that we said we have to go now. Right. I mean, they call our generation the burnout generation sometimes. So th that's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Well, so Tomar, t tell me, w were you the health or IT uh, tech uh, person? I was in the IT, uh, IT part. <laughs> IT so part. Doing, uh, project management, uh, focusing mainly on agile uh, way of managing projects. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very, very familiar. So you, you, you listen to Anastasia. Uh, say this and she's starting to wonder about balance. What was your journey as well as you were getting there? Were you already thinking about the same thing or were you a little okay. skeptical? Yeah, it's very similar. So, I mean, uh, I also had a uh, similar journey. It was like, yeah, go to school, you know, finish university, get a good job. And, you know, then that's kind of like what, you know, society kind of sets you up to and you kind of feel like, okay, that's what I should be doing. So I was also following that path. And for me, it was Less about the work-life balance. I think for me that was fine, but it was more like the lack of fulfillment with what I was doing. I mean, I was working on various projects and, you know, it seemed like I was doing things like as, as I'm supposed to be doing, but I did not have the full, like I did not feel like 100% fulfilled and happy with what I was doing. And so I was a bit lost with, what what should I really yeah what should I really be spending my time on is this I mean this is paying my bills it's a good job it's I mean everybody from the outside it looks good but then really on the inside I'm like I don't know if this is what I should be doing mm. so yeah. that's that was for me the turning point 
You know, and I, I recognize that particular point because uh, a lot of people go through that point. You know, you, people will go through school. Maybe they've gone to law school. They've gone to medical school. They've spent an exorbitant amount of money and their expectations from their friends, their families and themselves. And then maybe in the last year or the years leading to that, they realize that this isn't something that they enjoy. But then there's that internal guilt where, well, how am I going to pay for my lifestyle? How am I going to pay for for school or what What about, what will people think about me? And all those things tend to, I've noticed, take over our actual desires. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and especially also the further you go, the, the more ambitious you get as well. So you start in the beginning with your first job, but then you want to have a, a better salary because you want to afford a nicer apartment. You want to, you know, go out with your friends and um, go to nice restaurants. Maybe at some point you think of more materialistic things. You want to have a nice car, whatever. So all those ambitions, they also come with then the obligation, as you said, like, how am I going to make that happen? And then you kind of find yourself back in this circle where you yeah, do more of the things that you actually potentially not really enjoy in order to buy those things that you do enjoy. But yeah, we found for ourselves that it has become uh, less like an unhealthy cycle for us. And we see that, um, yeah, this is also what is happening to a lot of our friends and, and other yeah, I mean, there is now like uh, this term quarter life crisis. So, uh, I mean, you probably, you might, yeah, you might've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, everybody always talked about midlife crisis, which is a bit yeah, later and you're more in your 40s. But these days, it seems like the quarter life crisis, which is yeah, in your late 20s. So just after you actually when you're just kind of really getting grasp of your adulthood of being an adult. And then that's when the crisis hits. And I think that's the uh, if we want to make it generic, this is like the thing that we uh, experienced uh, before we left. Amsterdam. Well, the, I mean, I, I, I love that you brought that up, but the reason that I'm even more curious about probing is because I'm curious about the listener who is listening to you too, and who is one in awe of the fact that you let go of your careers and decided to travel because it can be scary for some people. But I'm interested in, in those listeners who feel like they're at that turning point, but they just don't know what to do. What would you give as a piece of advice for people who are thinking about doing something that's finally for them, regardless of what society thinks of what they should do, you know, what pieces of advice would you do for, you know, would you give to people who are trying to find themselves? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I like to use an analogy to, uh, to a writer. So if you think of, uh, of a writer, you know, it can be a successful writer writing books and, you know, hitting bestsellers, uh, several times after each other. And then at some point in every writer's career, I think they reach, uh, writer's block. So they just cannot, um, come up with the next book, the next bestseller. They're just a bit stuck. They, they just feel like the words just don't come out. And so going back to, to, yeah, to a millennial or uh, somebody like us, it's basically you're, you're the writer of your own life. You're the narrator of your life. You create your reality. You, the way you see your reality is the way that it will be um, yeah, visible to others and to yourself as well. So you follow a certain path and you get the successes, you finish high school, you finish university, you get your first job, it's all those successes. And then at some point you reach like a block. You just like, what is, uh, what is the next thing? You're not sure anymore. And that's the same point as the, the writer's block. And then I think, so what a writer would do normally is they would take a break. They would say, okay, I'm not gonna sit in front of the, um, computer anymore to try and type those words. I just need a break. I need to go somewhere else, focus on other things for a moment. And then they get their inspiration and their mojo back and they come back to their, uh, yeah, to writing great books. So, or, uh, yeah, for somebody that is now not sure what to do next and ha is having a little bit of this writer's block in their own uh, narration of life, I would say that it's good to take a break, to take a, some time off to really just without any particular plan to just really discover 
what is it that you really want to do? And by taking this time off away from your routine, away from your uh, comfort zone and your the space that you're used to, this really pushes you to really think about those things and come up with those answers. Yeah, well, you know, you're talking to a writer here, so you were hitting my, my <laughs> you were hitting me in the heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I, I, I do recognize those those moments of writer's block. Um, <laughs> I also find that it's helpful when you really reflect on your values and and how you want to be remembered. You know, sometimes I think when you I think when we grow up in today's world, we live in a very conditional world. A lot of what we do is not as intentional as it is. I mean, you people have told you what to do, you know, whether you accept it or not. And as you grow older, you realize, hey, I lived in this cities because my parents were there. I went to this area because that was, you know, where my parents, you know, could afford. I had these friends because of this interest that I had. But what is it that I actually want? What do I like? And what are the things that get me going? What are the things that really annoy me? And why do they annoy me? And I think when you find things that you rant about or you rave about, you know, things that you, you love or you hate, you can find this intersection of maybe your passion, but also your purpose, because then you start to see, well, this thing really bothers me. And this is why these are things I'm uniquely good at. And this is why maybe if I connect these two things together, I can find that intersection. But it's a very, very introspective world. And it's also a potentially uh, lonely experience because some people will start to alienate themselves from you or you would need to alienate yourselves from other people in order to get to that point. And that can be scary for some people, but I, I do think it's necessary. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you do need to take a step away from your environment to really be able to think of those big life questions because that's the, yeah, when you're going day in, day out of work and you, you're just too busy and then in the weekend you have some plans to meet friends and it just seems like life is just too busy to be able to really take the time to really think about those things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And well, we have, um, I think we, we like to say yes to think of those big questions of, you know, big existential questions almost. Um, you need to have really the mind space to do that. And often it helps to have a change of environment. But mm-hmm. of course, this is a quite radical step and, and maybe quite scary for some that are just feeling like they're getting to the point where they start thinking about those kind of questions. So what could also help just in the beginning is really um, try to create yourself an environment wherever you are in. That's just by really taking the time for yourself to spend, I don't know, just as simple things as an afternoon where you just take, say, hey, this afternoon is just for myself and I want to sit down and I want to create a bit of a, for example, vision board for myself where I ask myself, hey, if, if money right now was not an issue, what would I be doing today? Or if, you know, tomorrow would be almost the last day uh, of my life, how would it look like? You know, these kind of questions um, that will really make you think a little bit outside of the box and outside of your routine. And yeah, um, yeah of course, it, it's getting more, uh, it's getting easier to think of really out of the box options once you're out of the box. But um, yeah, these could be small, small um, hacks on how you could do that also at home. Yeah. And eventually, yeah. I mean, it does take some some courage to to change things in your life. You do need to, I mean, yeah, without without courage, you will not really be able to, yeah, to, to change significant things in your life. It takes, you need to take a bit of a risk and have some courage to see how things will pan out if you change significant things in your life i mean that's the way uh that's the way it is you need to have the courage to be yourself and you two talked about changing your environment but you two didn't just change your environment (laughs) (laughs) you committed to long-term travel you know i i I don't you know so please explain to the audience what long-term travel is and why you chose that path instead of short-term travel Yes, so um, a little bit to pick up again um, on on the existential questions. We have been um, wondering how can we really get further from where we are now and really um, do finally the things that we really want to do. And um, for us, travel has been always something that we enjoy doing. 
Um, we have been in our corporate life taking every chance that we had every weekend almost to actually go to a new place, um, whether it's abroad, whether it's in our own country. And it's been always a dream for us to spend a little longer time um, abroad. So it actually started when we were in 2014 taking a trip to Thailand. Um, it's been our first trip to Asia and we had um, four, four to five weeks there. It was just before starting our um, first big jobs and we wanted to take this time to really have a big trip. And we met this couple um, that has been traveling for six months. And at that point, when we talked to them, it, it was just mind blowing for us. We were like, oh my God, how can somebody travel for six months? This seems unbelievable. How do they finance this even? What do they actually do? Like, how do they, how do they get money? What is their jobs? I want to do this as well. So it's been something that was since then stuck in our head and the seed has been planted. And um, this, this dream has been silent for, for yeah, then years until, um, of course, we've been traveling, as I, as I said, uh, quite regularly. Um, but it became more and more um, yeah, prominent. And we thought, how can we make this happen? So we just thought, if we don't really make a dream um, to a plan, it will never happen. And we started really planning towards it. I mean, one of the biggest questions was how are we going to afford it? So we started uh, making plans uh, on, on passive income as well. And um, yeah, so we have been traveling now since, since one year. And funnily, it doesn't seem for us that long. Once you get into it, you're like, oh, wow, a year has been, a year has passed. And yeah, time, <laughs> time is flying by. Ah, wow. You, you know, something that you said there and it says that's really important is turning your dreams into a plan, right? That's mm -hmm. taking something uh, that's passive and turning that into an, an active thing. And that's where a lot of people, you know, uh, diverge or a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, fail to actually take action is, you know, when I was a kid, I always wanted to do this or I always thought I would do this, but something happened. But you two decided to take that step and then also, you sketched out a plan. You understood the potential barriers. So the potential barriers were money and, and financing and, and understand that. So you sounds like you two created a plan for income in such a way. And then you decided to take the leap. So with you, with you, Tomer, as you, you were thinking about the, the plan and thinking about how you finance things, did you have enough savings initially or did you already have ideas for passive income? So um, initially, like uh, we thought, we'll just save up enough, and then we'll go um, yeah for a year and see how it goes. Uh, but as we yeah we uh, were working more, and we kind of thought, okay, it takes a long time to save up all this money. Do we really want to just go for a year now and spend it? And that's when we started thinking actually more. Can we create some sort of income for ourselves during the trip to not just spend all our savings and have some, yeah, so less, uh, to take less out of our savings pot. And then we uh, decided to invest into our uh, first apartment. So uh, this was also the apartment that we lived in. And in Amsterdam, the rent prices are quite high. So yeah, for us, it was a good idea to buy something instead of renting it. And once we bought our first apartment, we thought, oh, wow, we're paying less than what we would pay if we rented. And that's when it kind of clicked, okay, so we could rent out apartment and earn some money for it. And then we, uh, yeah, we repeated that uh, two more times. So uh, in total, we have uh, three apartments that we can, uh, that we have some uh, income from. It doesn't cover all the costs of traveling, but it is, uh, course unburdening our savings in, uh, accounts ah so real estate real estate was what the path you two took yeah gotcha real estate and uh, are there uh, any other passive income ideas that you've noticed in your journey because i'm sure you've met other couples other people who are entrepreneurs or other people who are just solo travelers but are just exploring themselves and exploring the world simultaneously are there any other ideas that you've seen or come across that have maybe said oh we should try that 
Um, we actually were really curious about it because, um, as we just told you, we had our way of financing our travels, but we were very curious about how others do it. Um, and we have been talking to many long-term travelers, uh, but we wanted to um, really see all the options there are. So we've done a survey as well. And we asked long-term travelers how they finance their travels. And what we found out is, yes, the majority or a uh, um, high percentage, over, over half of people are financing the travels by their um, savings, uh, through savings. Um, but besides like real estate that we used, um, there are a lot of people that are deciding to turn their career that they have at home to take it with them on the road. A lot of them become um, freelancers. They just look for remote opportunities and uh, spend their time um, traveling or working while traveling. So a lot of freelancers. Um, there are we have met a lot of um, people that um, have made an income through um, uh, online uh, businesses themselves. So including uh, blogging, including uh, marketing, um, or, or became coaches or consultants of some sort. So a lot of people um, are also working while traveling, and that is something that we feel could also resonate to uh, with with many people or many people that are wondering how they could make such a lifestyle uh, possible for themselves. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Helps. They, um, yeah, we would really uh, motivate them to think about what is it that you're doing now at home and could you transform it in a way that you could do that as a, a location independent job as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But mm. These were the three main things, passive income, savings and um, remote work. So passive, so I, I love that because you're saying turn whatever it is that you're doing into a career and we live in this global world and it's, it's very interesting. So if you think about I don't know. Uh, so I'm, I'm a writer, speaking consultant, for example, right? And the way that my career started, I'm not, you know, I'm not a citizen. I'm Nigerian. I grew up in in a different parts of the world. But when I was curious about what I wanted to do, like pretty much where you were at, the, at that point, I thought maybe I should launch a podcast to answer some of the questions that I, I had some curiosity about, but also create a platform for other people to find answers within themselves. But what happens is you start to build a community, a community that you can take with you everywhere and you can, you know, form resources for them. And that becomes independent uh, in them, you know, location independent if you're if I'm gathering what you're saying. And if it becomes location independent, you are able to not only be doing what you love, but you're also able to just tap into a deeper experience because it's, it's allowing you to grow uh, long term with your skill sets as opposed to forcing yourself to be in an industry where you're not happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hmm. and right. I, I think you got it um, right with with your story um, as well. So that's another example. And maybe one thing that um, we would like to also highlight is that sometimes you don't have to have 100% the plan ready before you go. So it's um, you just need to know what your first step is. And from your first step, just start doing and the second step will come and you might not even know yet what exactly that step will be, but you might be surprised where the journey really takes you as well as once you are really taking the leap and, and um, giving yourself actually this gift of time and the gift of exploring yourself and what you would like to do, you will be 
yeah, you, you will be surprised how creative and motivated you can get to really continue that journey. Yeah, so yeah. you don't really need to have 100% clear how you're going to do it. That's the, I think that's something that a lot of people think like, oh, I need to have it now 100% clear. And if I don't, then yeah, it will be too dangerous or risky. But if you start and you know where, where you're heading to, I think that you will you will get there as long as you keep your eyes on the target. That, you know, if you want to be location independent, that's what you want to do. Then just start somewhere and don't expect everything to align and work out from the start. But really take the time to go through the journey, and then you will fall into the right uh, into the right place. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Now you two launched Generation Nomads, correct? Yeah. So tell us more about that. Yeah, so we launched Generation Nomads, uh, I mean, s similar to what you said. So we felt like there needs to be something out there that speaks to the questions that we had, uh, the things that we were looking for. And that's when we decided, um, yeah, we're really passionate at talking about this topic. We meet people all the time and we talk with them and we figured out, why don't we share this with the rest of the world? Why don't we just uh, put it online, create a blog? and share all our thoughts and ideas and everything that we're learning from everybody that we meet. So we really created uh, Generation Nomads with, um, uh, with the belief that we can provide people a way to understand uh, how they can do what we have done for ourselves. And, then, and, and that's the fascinating part about this to me is that you used and turned your research into a career. And I don't think a lot of people um, I think that what they research can be a career because when we started this conversation, we talked about the fact that many people secretly wish they could do more. And if you position yourself as a problem solver, you're essentially in a position where uh, people will not only respect you, but you can build an audience. And, and that's, that's the subtle difference. Any entrepreneur is a problem solver. That's what they're doing. They're solving a problem and making something easier for something. And so if you're listening to this at uh, this uh, podcast right now, I want you to think about a problem you can solve and think about how you can create a resource for people that need that and then just stay consistent in that path. Uh, just, that's exactly what Anastasia and uh, Tomer did here. Yeah. And Generation Nomads is really for, for those that indeed believe that um, success and happiness um, don't have to be two opposite sides of one spectrum. They can be combined and you can actually do something that you love. So with Generation Nomads, we want to bring that message across, but in um, more practical terms, um, yeah, educate and uh, people uh, as well as give them tools and resources to explore financial freedom, passive income, learn about the ways that there is to generate uh, passive income, but also um, um, a location-independent lifestyle in, lifestyle in general um, by providing um, yeah, tools on how to get remote work, um, how you can change your careers and, and shift your skills towards a more location-independent um, skill set. So these are, this is our mission to um, help people really unfold their best life by um, telling them about career as well as career gaps the digital nomad lifestyle and also, um, yeah, educating about financial freedom and creating a money mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, you, you, you two are originally from the Netherlands. You're Dutch both originally, or did you move to the Netherlands from another country? It's yes. good that you asked because we're both actually not originally Dutch. <laughs> I, I, I see that. I never want to assume. So, <laughs> so where are you originally from? Yeah, so I'm uh, originally from uh, Israel. Um, okay. Yeah, so both my parents are from Israel. I was actually born in the Netherlands and lived in between the two countries uh, growing up. Yeah, I um, was born in Kazakhstan um, and I have moved to, with my family to Germany um, in when I was a child. So I grew up most of my life in Germany and um, I have yeah, lived in several more countries until I... Um, moved to the Netherlands to do my master's degree where I then eventually stayed. Yeah. Wow. Wow. See, that's, that's, that's why I love having podcasts like this. So now you both obviously had to have some cross-culture experiences. What was it like getting used to 
nuance between the two cultures, your home culture and your adopted culture, initially at first? Um, so speaking about really transitioning from, um, or let me start differently. Actually, as, as I just said, I spent most of my life in Germany growing up and have been going through the educational system and uh, my enti entire teenagehood, etc. Until I went um, to do an exchange year in California in the United States. And it's been always a dream for me to go um, abroad, but I did not expect that it would change my mind around so much. So um, I've, I've got to know a different culture, but with that also developed a different yeah, mindset, if you can say, by really understanding, okay, there is more, or, or people do things differently than they do them in, in Germany. And um, honestly, um, after this experience, I was... Um, I could not anymore truly picture myself staying in Germany um, just because I wanted to see more. So I went um, to Romania and eventually I went to the, to the Netherlands as well. And um, I have to say in the Netherlands, um, it, is, it is quite similar to, to Germany, but it's still very different. And I love this. Um, yeah, I, I learned to um, feel most comfortable in really an international setting because I enjoy this exchange of, of values and, and I, I just like it very much when there are many cultures uh, together. And I guess everybody that has been in an international environment yeah, will, will be able to relate. Um, yeah, yeah. So, well, you're hitting on a great point here. Before you can be a cross-cultural communicator or someone that understands effectively how to connect across cultures, you need to really work on yourself, do deep self-awareness and understand what your cultural frame of reference is. Sounds to me like you were someone that thrives in an environment where there are multiple, uh, there's an international environment, international transient feel. And so knowing that informed the type of environment that you then sought out. Is that correct? Right. I just, uh, indeed, I learned um, to see that I'm really the best version of myself when I am having a mix of uh, different uh, cultural influences and, and beliefs and values um, because they make you think differently. They really challenge your perceptions as well as your um, ways of thinking about things. And I just truly enjoy that, the topics that come up. Um, and yeah, you surprise yourself of how you're mind and, and your way of thinking just develops because you um, don't see things only from one perspective but you try to um, yeah identify and, and bring in diff identify with different um, streams and and of, of thoughts yeah yeah the more cultures you interact with eventually the more i mean it kind of gets easier and more normal as well like you really just feel like okay we're all different people and but at the same time, we're all people, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, 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 you, uh, Tomar, you, you, so Israel, then Netherlands, w w were there any moments where you had an identity crisis? <laughs> I think I, uh, I still do. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, I grew up really kind of like half, half in between the two uh, countries. So for me, it was like, I, at the, in the Netherlands, I'm not, really feeling Dutch. I don't feel uh, yeah, totally connected to the Dutch culture. At the same time in Israel, I don't feel totally Israeli because I haven't lived there my entire life. So it's really like you have this, you're not from there and you're not from there. So you really ask yourself, well, where am I from? <laughs> and you know, like, so in the Netherlands, I say I'm from Israel. And in Israel, I say uh, I'm from the Netherlands. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, you, you really get the yeah. confused about it but eventually I mean it's something to embrace it's like I mean yeah you eventually yeah I can call myself a global citizen so we're all part of the same uh, the same round ball <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean uh, yeah, countries and borders these are uh, yeah, I mean when you meet people these things are actually non-existent because eventually when you have a conversation with somebody it doesn't matter where they're from but you can always make connections that's true, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's eventually how uh, how i see it okay okay uh i'm sure there's another question that people are curious about here and that is how do you 
travel together and how do you work together? Now, in your situation, some people would say, I don't advise you to do any of those things for a long, <laughs> for a long amount of time. How have you two yeah. um, survived? And you, it doesn't sound like you, it doesn't sound like I'm talking to ghosts. So you two haven't killed each other. So, uh, <laughs> so tell me. <laughs> Counting the days. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually a fun question. And we get that all the time. Um, especially also, um, yeah, friends as, as well that um, at home, um, when they talk to us, they, they ask exactly the same questions, like, how are you guys doing it? I cannot imagine. Um, and yeah, there are, there, there are different sides to it. And um, for, for me personally speaking, um, I, I feel like you, yeah, you, you, I, I don't perceive it anymore, really, or I don't perceive it as we're stuck to each other. So, of course, we are also in, in, um, in, in some way having an advantage because we are in a foreign country and we have nobody that we really know except each other. So you always have somebody to talk to. Of course, it can get <laughs> a little uh, too much at, at times, but um, we would recommend that yeah, you just you just look at how it's going personally for you and take time off. So we met a lot of travelers that have really scheduled uh, where they say we take days apart and then we do activities um, for ourselves and then we get together and yeah. Yeah, so there is no real magic formula or something <laughs> that we can tell you. I mean, it's I think it's eventually it's a personal uh, thing. I mean, it's how you manage you, but I think I mean there are options as well if you're. Uh, unable to uh, spend uh, so much time together. Uh, like Anastasia mentioned, uh, yeah, there's people that take breaks from each other. So, but for us, it just kind of works. I, I know we never really had uh, much troubles. I mean, not more than you would have uh, living uh, yeah, at home, like normal yeah. life, so. And um, actually a funny story, we had um, friends that just recently um, left as well to uh, travel for four months. And they have been as well asking, um, how do you do it? And um, have been a bit skeptical. And now just uh, the other day, I was talking with my friend and was asking, so how is it going for you now that you're already one month into it? And, uh, and she said, you know what? I'm super surprised, but we're not, we're not annoyed. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, still, uh, we're still making it. So yeah, I think it's also turning out sometimes different than you anticipate from the beginning and you just roll with it and see what works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's so good to hear because, um, I know that that's one of the things that people normally are curious about. So it, it's always interesting to see. And, and I think it really comes down to, to knowing each other. I was listening to Will Smith yesterday and he was talking about love and he says, he thinks people misdefine love and it's really about, uh, you know, listening, understanding, and validating, right? And, you know, working on the expectations you have and understand that it's not necessarily about you per se, it's about the unit. And, uh, and, and making sure that both people are able to thrive as themselves while you two find that intersection. It's very tricky, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, part, of, it's part of life and how many people are willing to do that uh, usually determines how many people are successful. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, all right. Now, so generation nomads, what's the what's the plan? What's the long term vision for this? What do you envision for our generation? We are the the next set of global leaders. So I'm I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on these. Um, yes, for sure. Um, we believe that um, location independence will become bigger and bigger as we go in the future. So we're now already in the transition in the corporate world where um, companies are um, less um, hesitant towards offering um, remote opportunities. So we believe that actually our world will become more um, connected and, and um, less like location dependent. Um, as well as, so that was for the physical um, generation of nomads, as well as for the more um, emotional or mental generation of nomads, we believe that um, millennials will and generations after us, the generation, um, yeah, will, will be even more um, self-expressive and, and looking for self-fulfillment, where um, self-efficacy will become more and more important. So um, we hope to be really there um, 
to yeah to to help people really navigate through through this um, personal journey that they have, but as well as through um, yeah our our world um, changing and really becoming more connected and um, yeah self expressive as well. Um, so our our vision is continue um, with with what we're doing and see um, where the road will take us. So um, yeah, very very curious what what that will be indeed. In and just to just to add on that, I mean, so yeah, you say for our generation, how do we uh, yeah, how do we see uh, the the journey to self fulfillment? And I think that it's becoming more and more uh, acceptable for people to take those kind of breaks and to really take the time to figure things out for themselves. So just if we compare it to previous generations, maybe not the one just before us, but if you look a few generations back, uh, I think that society as a whole was more uh, focusing on survival um, rather than uh, self-fulfillment. So people would get married much sooner, get their children and work basically to support their uh, their household. And that was the, the main thing to just make sure that, you know, to support your children, your family. And that's why you went to work and uh, did all that. And I think that with our generation, we are taking more time before we start a household. And I mean, the average is uh, changing. And... I think it's getting more accepted by society and by everybody that people just take more time to figure out what it is they really want to do and where they're yeah, to really find their passion and uh, find a way to turn that passion into something that they can uh, live from and support themselves from. So I think that in general, the society is getting more accepting. Yeah, that's true. And you two are leading the charge in that Generation Nomads. It's generationnomads.com and there are millennial writers as well as uh, Generation Nomads for our generation. Uh, and I, I think uh, it's very important to distinguish what you're saying. You two are leading the charge in this. You are showing people that there are more options that exist. And a lot of the way we've lived have usually been defined by the times we've 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 had. And so I think a lot of education was based on the industrial revolution or certain things that were, were happening in the background. And sometimes as we get older, as we move to the digital revolution, we haven't really adopted and adapted. Uh, so it's very important that we, we create flexible options for people to be their best selves. And, uh, and that's, why, that's why I'm a big fan of what you're doing. Um, where can people find you? On generationnomads.com, that's uh, our blog, and uh, I mean, there we have uh, all the resources, and uh, there we post uh, at least once a week a new post with uh, some of our thoughts and things that we've learned from people we meet or from our own experiences. Uh, other places, we're also on uh, Instagram and on Pinterest, uh, both are uh, at Generation Nomads. So that's the the name is everywhere Generation Nomads. <laughs> Generation Nomads, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, and um, I'll make sure I put the link to the website as well. So w the last question that I'm going to ask you is my mission statement reframed as a question. And uh, Anastasia and Tomar, how do you use your differences to make a difference? Good. Yeah, taking a moment to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take uh, take your time. Take your time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think um, what what I would like to say to that is some some people um, they might see what we're doing as kind of an escape from life. Um, they might think that we just gave it all up. We left our careers um, because we were unable to continue what we were doing. Um, and we would just like to say, I guess, what we've done is might be a bit of a different and a radical step, but um, it's been also a step that for us has not been an escape, but really actually the courage to focus on ourselves and give us some time to really frame our future and to make sure that we are um, reflecting on where we're going. 
Um, so we try to take that personal story and um, the stories of many others that we have um, met and to really make a difference for those that are at exactly that point that are wondering whether this is it, um, that feel a little stuck to really um, make the step and don't feel alone uh, that, you know, they have to power through. No, you don't have to power through. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, as you say, I mean, yeah, taking our difference to make a difference. So it's, I mean, of course, our story is unique and everybody's story is unique. But we hope that through portraying our own experience, uh, that that others will be inspired to take their own unique story in some other direction that is uh, that makes them happier and uh, basically unfold their best lives. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. There you go. We've been talking to Anastasia and Tomer, and they are generation nomads who are on a mission to redefine how we see the world and also how we understand ourselves. Literally, thank you both for coming on the show, for sharing your story and just showing people that, you know, it is okay to do what you're not supposed to do. Uh, and, and, and just that little, just that little, uh, step that you took. And I'm saying little, as you know, in, in, a, in a, you know, a facetious way, just that little step that you took is, is what people need to do. I, I, I really admire what you two have done. And then you, you took the leap and maybe you didn't even know if the net will appear to catch you, but you just took that leap there. And thank you for just telling your stories and being authentic and just being who you are. Thank you so thank much you. for having us. It was really a, Pleasure to talk to you and yeah, hopefully yeah. we had a great time in yeah. the show. It was really nice. Well, the, the pleasure is mine. I know it took a while for us to finally get the, the call going, <laughs> but but we did. And, and thank you so much, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and gender non-binary individuals. Till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.